0: You're listening to The Preaching Podcast from Regency Baptist Church, located in Loomis, California, in the greater Sacramento region. We pray that you'll be blessed by this Bible-based message. And it's also our desire that you'll be helped with this message in your personal walk with Jesus and strengthened in your commitment to serve Him daily.
1: Well, we're... uh... Glad to have my brother, Pastor Mark Becker, here tonight. Still feels a little bit getting used to, I'm sure, for you as well with hearing that, but uh, uh, became the pastor of Shasta Baptist Church in September of this last year, and uh, is kicking off the new year for us here, preaching tonight, and uh, so looking forward to that. So, Pastor Becker, if you'd come, and uh, we look forward to hearing him preach tonight. Amen. Thank you very much, and thank you to the Weber Trio for singing for us. And playing for us. That was great. Appreciate that. Well, it's a new year, and so I skipped our first service of the new year already, and so I feel like I'm in trouble, maybe. <laughs> Watched our service last night, and they getting to preach here. The last time I preached here was the first uh, Sunday of uh, this last year, and so I think for the first service, that's kind of a tradition, I guess. We try to be here for Christmas or New Year's or one of those times. I don't know about you, but we're on one of those never-ending holiday tours to go see family and Get as many presents, eat as much food as you can, and uh, we're continuing that. At some point, it's going to be dangerous, but uh, anyway, is it okay if I put this aside? Is that all right? Good. I feel like it's right up in my face. Good. Great. <laughs> we're going to be in the book of Hebrews tonight, Hebrews chapter 12, and thank you, Regency Baptist Church, for your faithfulness, and uh, I love getting to come back home, if you will, where I you know, grew up uh, here and with many of you. And so I appreciate your faithfulness, and of course, thank you to my, to my brother, the other Pastor Becker, and um, I heard he had some kind of a corny joke on Sunday from what I heard, I don't know. <laughs> that doesn't run in the Becker gene at all, um, just strongly. Hebrews chapter 12, and if you'd stand to your feet, we'll read a few verses um, this evening in Hebrews chapter 12. And we'll read verse 1 and continue uh, through verse number 3. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross Despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. I want to give you a challenge tonight about running your race. As you start this new year, it's hard not to think about the new year and all that comes along with it as we end 2023 and as we start 2024. I think for the most part, you write the date when it comes to checks. And I've learned this with our young people. They don't have checks. They're probably never going to have checks, any of our, our teenagers. And they're like, do you even own a checkbook? No. I'm like, how do you do this? <laughs> uh, I feel older and older from, uh, with our young people. But as we start this new year, as you think about, it's a fresh start. And we're a few days into it now. Uh, but this year, I want to challenge you about running your race. And we have so much of the year in front of us, as your pastor said, so much that we plan to do, but also so much that the Lord has planned for us that we don't know about already. But here's the great thing. He knows. He knows that we don't know. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so I want to challenge you about running your race. Let's pray as we begin tonight. Thank you, Lord, for this night. And I pray for your blessing on this service that we have tonight. And I pray that you would have your hand upon this time, this first service at Regency Baptist Church of this year. Lord, I I take that as a privilege, Lord, to open up your word and pray for your blessing and your help and that you'd speak to us. We pray in your name. Amen. You may be seated. As your pastor mentioned, we're uh, four uh, four months into pastoring, and so I've realized everything that I don't know, uh, not what I do know. And so just a few months into it, but I appreciate your prayers and your encouragement uh, with that as well. But it has been a bit of a roller coaster ride. To be honest, the church has been great. The people have been great. And my theme for this year, you haven't unveiled your theme for this coming year, right? I don't know what it is. So I can't give it up anyway. Our theme for this year is don't mess it up, is kind of what I'm thinking. And so that's my goal for the year. Um, so far, so good, I think. If I've messed it up, no one's told me yet. And so that's good. Um, we don't have a theme, though. <laughs> so that, that's, that's the underlying theme. So anyway, but I appreciate your prayers and your encouragement. And thank you for that. But I want to talk to you about running your race. Uh, the Apostle Paul, we believe, wrote the book of Hebrews and many times through the um, different epistles that Paul would talk about running your race. Now, we've got to find out here, how many of you enjoy running? Like running for the fun of it, there's one, great, maybe two, three, uh, I, I don't run for enjoyment if there's a ball involved and I'm, I'm all for it. If there's basketball, football, whatever, golf, running after your shot somewhere, maybe that works too, but I don't enjoy running just for the fun of it. Um, some do, maybe. But the Christian race, uh, uh, life is it's a race, but it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Now, anything more foolish than running for the fun of it is running a marathon for the fun of it, and uh, 26.2 miles of just running just to get to the finish line. But the Christian life, it's a marathon. And as you look ahead to this year, there's a lot that's going to be ahead of us, and it's going to take endurance. It's going to take preparation and training and work. Uh, to get through the end of this coming year. A couple thoughts with this thought about running your race when it comes to this, uh, this chapter that we read is this. Everyone has to run their own race. Everyone has to run their own race. I can't run your race for you. You can't run your race for me, uh, for your spouse, your children. You have to run your own race that God has set before you. The Bible says, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us And many times it it makes it singular or pointed to ourselves that we have a race to run. And we have a journey ahead. You have your own jobs and your families and your house and all that you have for you. And you have to run your own race. Not only only does everyone have their own race, but others have their race to run. And the race that you run affects others around you. It affects others. I don't know uh, if you've ever been around someone and, and they feel like they're just pulling you along. Or you can get around others and they're pulling you down. You know, someone else having a great day and you get around them and it encouraged you to do better. And maybe they're having a bad day and it pulls you down. But others have their race to run as well. And your race is either an encouragement or a discouragement to others around you. And especially in this this Christian race, but also with your family. How you run your race affects others, but also Jesus had his race to run as well. And Jesus said that he wanted to do his father's will. And he had a, a, a race, he had a job, a God's will for his son, for God the son, for him to finish his course. The Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And when we realize that we have a race to run and that others do, but Jesus did as well. Aren't you thankful that we have a savior that came to earth and that he was tempted in all points as we are yet without sin. And he showed us, how we can run our race as well. He went through the struggles and the battles yet without sin, but he showed us how to run our race as well. And when you run your race, I want to encourage you with this, don't get discouraged in the race. In Galatians 5, 7, it says, ye did run well. Who did hinder you that should not obey the truth? And many times people are running their race and they're, uh, they get saved and they're on fire for God and they're living for God, but then all of a sudden we're like, well, where'd they go? Well, what happened to them? Shouldn't they be here? Weren't they involved? But the Bible says ye did run well. And maybe there's somewhere, you know, maybe last year, maybe 10 years ago, you were you were on fire for God, but now you're kind of coasting along. See, here's the thing though, we're not at the end of our race yet. If you're here tonight, you're not at the end of your race. You have more to go before the Savior comes or before God takes you home. Either way, you're not at the end of your race, and you don't want to coast to the finish line. You want to push to the finish line. And so we don't want to go backwards. We want to go forward. So we want to encourage you about about running your race. And so you see sometimes those, those dads, that maybe they were a great athlete in high school. And you know who that dad is when they go to a sports game? Because they can make all the shots. They can get all the tackles. They can make all the throws. Because they're still living in their prime just 40 years later. And so, man, they were a great athlete, but it was a long time ago. See, it's one thing to be living for God now, but are you living for God less or more than you were last year, 10 years ago? Then 20, If 2023 was your best year, then you're declining this year. And we want to be pushing forward because why? The Savior's coming soon. As you look around at this world around us, God has got to be coming soon. He has to be. I don't know about you, and I don't want to get into it too much, but if you want something discouraging to do, read all the new laws for California this year. That's a discouraging thing to do. We'll try to move on from that, because I want to encourage you to keep going. But uh, uh, today I went to Subway, and my dad goes there religiously, and there was a a man there that works, and he said, I have a question for you. And he knows that my brother and I are, are preachers, and he said, I have a question for you, he said, Do you think that there's a spiritual battle going on today? And I said, yes, (laughs) yes, there is, Uh, most definitely. And the Savior has to be coming soon. The finish line is coming, but here's the thing, we don't know where it is. In a race, you have 100 meters, you have a mile, you know, whatever distance it is, and you know where the finish line is. We don't know when our last day is. So what if today was our last day? Would you be pleased with how your, your life ended? If you were to stand before the Savior tomorrow, next, if this was our last year, you know, Regency Baptist Church doesn't want to coast through 2024 and just, you know, well, we're just, you know, we've got the buildings, the property, the people, and we're just going to coast through the year. No, we've got to be pushing forward, pressing toward the mark to the finish line. We don't know where the finish line is, but whenever it is and you see your Savior, I think about this. When you meet your Savior in heaven... And when you see him, you'll think, guaranteed, I wish I did more for the Lord. You're not going to the, you're not gonna get to heaven and stand before the Savior and think, man, I did everything and I was the best Christian and the best father or the best mother and all those things. Uh, you're going to think, man, I wish I did more for the Lord. And we've got to push. You've got to run your race for the Lord. You can't live on past victories for yourself. You can't live on past victories for your church or for others. You've got to be pushing there's more of the race ahead of us to run. So with this challenge of running your race, I want to give you four points tonight about running your race. First one is this, is what is your direction? What is your direction? Could you imagine getting to that starting line and maybe you're maybe you're running a sprint and you're down and you're at that sprinting stance and you're waiting for the gun to sound and you take off. And so you get ready for that time and and they, you're at the starting point, and they shoot the gun off, and you turn around and run the opposite way. You know, that would seem a little foolish to run the other way. And the finish line might seem closer the other direction, but you're not going to qualify. You're not going to meddle. You're not going to be on the stand. Why? Because you're going the wrong direction. Some people, they're more concerned with where they're at than what direction they're going you know, you think, well, I'm better than so-and-so, but are you moving forward, getting closer to the Savior, being more like Him, or are you getting further away from the Savior? Are, you, are Is your life getting further away from God? Are you in church more now than you used to be, or is it kind of slipping away? What about your Bible time, your soul-winning time? We've got to push forward, not be going backwards. We've got to keep moving ahead. The Bible says in Psalms 23, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. And so when God directs our steps, he's trying to to direct us in the right direction. He's trying to lead our our path and head us towards this finish line, but you've got to be listening to the Savior. You've got to be reading his word and sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading. As I think about this, let me ask you this. What is your direction of your walk with God? Now, I don't know about you, but as you start a new year, I love getting to start a new Bible reading schedule, and it doesn't always start and end at the beginning of the year, but what is your Bible reading plan for this year? I'm sure your pastor has talked about it already or will coming on Sunday, but what is your plan with your Bible time this year? Are you, reading, are you spending more in God's Word, or is it, is it lessening? Are you spending more in your prayer time, or is it less than it was before run your race, but what is your direction? What is your direction of your walk with God? Let me ask you this. What is your direction? As you look ahead to the new year, what is the direction of your family? How about you, mom and dad? How is the direction? How is your family doing today? I don't know any mom and dad with kids in the home that would say, man, everything is good. We have no battles. There would probably be more laughs there. (laughs) There's no battles, no struggles. I mean, it's Always easy, fun, and good, and we're always cheery and praise the Lord. It's not that way all the time. Uh, I wish it was all the time, but it's not. So where's your family struggling where mom and dad, you need to lead? And where you need to set a direction for your home? If you just get up and every day is just, well, we're going to figure it out, and we're going to go to work and go to school and eat dinner and go to sleep, and that's the only plans. Well, your family is not, maybe not going in the direction it should be, enough because you're not setting the direction clearly and spiritually. You have to set the direction for your home. And then kids, follow your parents' direction. If your parents are setting a direction and they brought you to church or someone brought you to church, listen to them and let them lead you, fulfill your role and your direction with your family. What is the direction of your ministry? Uh, I would assume that many of you work in some kind of a ministry in your church. And if you don't, I could assume there's a place for you. There's a place where you can serve and get involved here at Regency Baptist Church this year, but how is your involvement? A church is only going as far forward as the involvement of God's people. Your pastor and your staff can't do everything by themselves, and they, there's a whole lot that they do, I guarantee you that, but the church as a whole has to get behind them and to get involved in the ministries here that they have planned and you put out your calendar and you look at it. I don't know, we do this many times. We put it on our calendar and we, we pray and we set it out and the staff gets together and we figure that out. And there's certain times of the year we get together and we think, who planned all this stuff? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, oh, it was us. <laughs> Blame us. And we, we're like, man, it's like back to back to back, whatever. It happens sometimes, but you have to be involved and get behind. Why? Because this is God's work. And if we're going to get involved in any work, let's get involved in God's work. And let's do something for the Lord. What is your direction of your ministry? If you're involved in something in the church, how's it going? It's a good time to evaluate end of the year, beginning of the year. How's your ministry is doing? And set a direction for your ministries and and follow your uh, pastor's direction, but also follow God's direction. And say, hey, there's something that needs help. Well, fix it. Just doing something because you've always done it doesn't make it right. Just because you've always done something, now if it's biblical and right, you always do it. But just because it's always been done, maybe God would have you to grow in that area. Set a direction for yourself spiritually. Remember, you have to run your race personally. Too many times we're running our race, but we're worrying about what everyone else is doing. And when you start running your race and you look around, that's not going to end well for you. You're going to trip run a telephone pole, fall in a ditch, you know, something's gonna happen. You should probably just stay home and, no. But uh, set direction, uh, set a direction. Are you going forward or backwards? Are you getting closer to God or are you slipping away from the Lord maybe? Was this last year maybe not your best year? Well, what can we do to correct that? What does God want you to do to fix that? So first of all, what is your direction? Next, what is your position? What is your position? Now, when you're running a race, you know, if you're running and you're not trying to get first place, what are you running for? All right. If you're just happy to get like fifth place, then, you know, you're probably in the wrong, you know, sport. I don't know. But you want, you want to win the race, right? If you're playing a game, you want to win. And if you're like, man, I, was, I did a great job at second place, I don't want to be on your team. All right. I don't want to be, I don't want to play with a, a bad sport, you know, but I want to win. All right. Uh, so, what is your position, though? I'm not talking about your position compared to others, but before the Lord. The Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 12. It says, let let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Some people would say it doesn't matter how you play. It doesn't matter how you play just that you win. Right? It doesn't doesn't matter how you get to the finish line just that you win. So in other words, it doesn't matter if you cheat, you steal, you cut corners. It, It doesn't matter, right? Well, of course it does, uh, in, in any area of your life. Uh, but your position matters. Let me ask you this. Your position, is it convictions or compromise? There's people, when they, when they go into, uh, um, let's say, an Olympic uh, sport, and there's all kinds of rules uh, that you have to follow. And, and uh, one country that's been uh, very widely known to be cheating is Russia. I'm sure that's surprising to everyone here. Uh, but Russia, they were banned from the Olympics due to widespread doping. They've, had, they've been stripped of over 40 medals. Why? Because they're cheating. And I don't know about you, but I, if I'm racing against someone that cheated in the past, I mean, I'm just assuming they're probably doing it again or trying to again. Because it's all about the end goal and not how you get there. Well, let me ask you this. In your Christian race, does it matter how you get to the finish line or just that you get there? Well, it matters how you get there. Is it convictions or compromise? Check your position with God. It's not compared to everyone else. You know, some people, well, I'm doing better than they are. Well, that's not my goal. My goal is how am I doing, Lord, before the Lord? um, I looked up and now I'm blind. I can't read my notes. (laughs) And I'm not joking. All right. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it says, For we dare not make ourselves of the number... Or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. For they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves amongst themselves are not wise. If all we're doing is comparing ourselves, well, I'm doing better than them, and I I read more than them, and I got to lead some of the Lord, and they didn't, that's not the goal. That's not the purpose. Our purpose is to please the Savior, not to make sure I'm doing better than someone else. Because here's the deal if I'm only worried about doing better than someone else, What if they start slipping away more? What if the world is turning further away from the Lord, which it is? If you say, well, I'm doing better than the lost people, well, guess what? That's getting worse and worse. So if you're just worried about your position compared to the world, well, you're going to be getting worse and worse as well. How is your position with God? Your convictions. Your convictions are your beliefs. Your beliefs. Now, I'm not just talking about your church's convictions, which those need to be right. Your church's beliefs. But what about yours personally? Because it has to be, remember, we all have our own race to run, so how are your convictions personally, your beliefs? Your convictions are your beliefs. Your compromise is what you're willing to give up. You know, some people, you know, they're willing to win, and it's based on how much someone would pay them off maybe, maybe to throw a game or to do whatever to win, and that's compromise. But if you compromise, you're going to get caught eventually. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow, but eventually. Well, what about, our, what about our convictions before the Lord, our beliefs? You say, well, no one knows what I'm doing yet, right? And guess what? The Lord already does know, so it doesn't matter what other people do or don't know, but my position before the Lord, I don't want to compromise. I want to stay strong in my convictions. Our goal is to please the Lord. I think of a man named Naboth in the Bible. And Naboth had a vineyard, and it was near to the king's palace, And and Naboth, that was given to him by his fathers. And Naboth looked out at the vineyard, out his window and saw the vineyard and said, well, I want that vineyard. And so he went to Naboth and said, hey, I'll buy it from you. I'll give you another vineyard. I'll give you something better. Would you give me your vineyard? And Naboth said no. And the Bible says in 1 Kings, and Ahab spake unto Naboth, saying, give me thy vineyard, that I might give it for a garden of herbs, because it's near to my house. And I will give it thee for a, a better vineyard than it. Or if it seemed good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. And Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid it me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. He said, God forbid that I should give it to you. He said, there's no amount of money. There's no other possessions. There's nothing else you can give to me. He said, I'm not giving it away. Why? Because it was a conviction that he had. And guess what? His conviction ended up being the reason his life was taken. But he, he died keeping his convictions and his beliefs. We have so many people in this world that are willing to throw away their beliefs and convictions for a dollar and a second. Well, why don't we as Christians stand up and live by convictions, whether it were to cost us a friend, a job, a position, the standing before someone else to keep your convictions. So what is your position? The next one, what are your associations? When you're running the race... You've heard it before. You are who you hang around. You are who you spend time with. And when you train with someone, you're going to eventually be like them. Well, in the Christian race, we are who we spend time with. In Proverbs 27 17, it says, Iron sharpeneth iron. So man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. So when you spend time with people, they're going to sharpen you or they're going to dull you. See, now many times we talk to the teenagers about this verse. Your friends are important, and they are, because your friends are who you're going to be. It is. It may not be today, but who you spend time with is who you're going to be. But what about us as adults as well? Who we spend time with, and in this internet age, who you follow, who you read, who you listen to, that's the direction that you're going. Your position, your associations matter. Are they strengthening you or weakening you? You say, well, they're not a Christian, but... Now I understand that you may learn something from someone that's not a Christian. Not biblically, but maybe business-wise, whatever, or news, I'm not sure. But are your associations strengthening you or weakening you? Are they drawing you closer to Christ or are they pulling you away from the Lord? Your associations matter. Your friends are strengthening or weakening your faith. You know the verse. But Amnon had a what? A friend. Amnon had a friend. A friend. He he had a wrong desire, but he wasn't going to do it until a friend encouraged him to do wrong. Your associations, are they strengthening you or weakening you? Your friends are pointing you toward the Lord or away from the Lord. I think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Hey, there was no one else standing for God. There was, of course, Daniel as well. But together, those three said, hey, we're going to die in the fiery furnace or God's going to deliver us one way or another. I think, what What a way. Now, no one wants to go being burned in the furnace, all right? I don't care how spiritual you say that you are. No one wants to go that way. But together, they said, hey, let's do this together. Let's stand for God together, as opposed to, hey, come and look at this. Come and do this. Your friends, your associations, who you follow, is strengthening or weakening you. And the last one tonight about running your race is this. What is your motivation? And I think this really is the key to your race. What is your motivation? motivation. The Bible says this in Hebrews 12, verse 2, looking unto who? Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but when you're running a race or you're in a contest and you've got people watching, you know, it matters who's watching, doesn't it? You care. Your family's watching, your friends, you know, it's on the internet and it's going to be there forever. You don't want to do anything dumb. And so it matters who's watching. And you think, man, I don't want to miss this shot because, you know, dad's watching me or coach, or whoever it may be, and you want to do your best because of who's there. Well, think about this with your Christian race. Hey, God is watching you. The Bible says we're we're encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. There's others that have gone before us and they're watching us run our race. But also, Jesus is watching us. And it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So what's your motivation? If your motivation is to run your race for someone else, well, when they quit, then what's going to happen with you? Now, I'm all for encouraging other people, but if your motivation is to live for God, for Him, that's the most important. Why? Because He's the one that died for us. He's the one that gave His life for us. He's the one that gave us the Word of God. He's the one that has a plan for our life, created us. He's the one we're living for. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind first, and then your neighbor as yourself. What's your motivation, though? My motivation is for Jesus Christ. Look at this. He's the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him on his race he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Was his race easy to run? No. He said, he said, "Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me." It was difficult, taking all the sins of man upon him and the Father turning his back on the cross. That was difficult, but he went through that. Why? For us. And then verse number three, it says, for consider him. Think about that that tonight. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Hey, when you start to struggle, think, hey, if if Jesus went through the cross for me, then I can go through anything for him. If he went If he went to the cross and gave me salvation, there's nothing he can ask me that I shouldn't be able to do for him. Why? Because he went through it for me. Consider looking unto Jesus and consider him. Think about the Lord. Hey, at some time in your race, you're going to get tired. You're going to get discouraged. You're going to feel like quitting. You're going to feel like changing, giving up. But when your motivation is for God, I can't give up. Hey, if he didn't give up for me, I can't give up for him. Hey, if God has never given up on me when I've quit on him more times than I should have, then I've got to keep going for the Lord. That's my motivation. Is your motivation for God? Is your motivation for others? Some people, their motivation is for themselves. You know, the power of positive thinking. You know, that stuff is pretty funny. If you look up motivational quotes, they're actually really funny if you need a good laugh. But um, if your motivation is just for yourself, hey, I can't, I can't do it just for myself, it has to be for God. If it's for self, the race is going to be a struggle. If your motivation is for God, the race can be accomplished. The motivation of why you run your Christian race is what keeps you going. If your motivation is wrong and your reasons are wrong, you're going to quit eventually. But if it's for God, you can make it. Turn over to Philippians chapter 3. I want to read a couple verses with you if you look at those, please, tonight. Philippians chapter number 3. Your pastor said you go till about 8 o'clock. Is that right? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Philippians chapter 3. We're just about finished tonight. And if we beat the kids, then that means we win, right? Um, (laughs) Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 12, it says, and this apostle Paul that God used to, to write this, and it says, Not as though I had already attained. Either were already perfect, but I follow after if that I may apprehend for that which also I'm apprehended of, Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul said, I've not attained, I've not reached, you know, some kind of perfection or whatever he said, but what I'm doing is forgetting those things which are behind, Hey, the past is the past. Maybe there's some failures you need to put behind you and just move forward for the Lord. Confess them, forsake them, get them right, but move forward for God. You can't live in the past for failures, but also you can't live in the past for victories either. Praise the Lord for past victories, answered prayers, souls saved, but what about the future? Our motivation is to continue on, and he says, forgetting those things which are behind, but reaching forth into those things which are before See, there's something before, and he said, I press toward the mark. You see that runner, when they get to the finish line, some get to the finish line, and they start looking around. They start scoreboard watching and looking at the time, and then sometimes they trip and fall or someone passes them. I was told this to our church the other day, and we saw this video the other day about these like three high school girls running, and they were doing a hurdle, and they clearly... Well, two of them had clearly never done a hurdle race before. One of them had. And the video was very evident. And they get up to the race, and they're not not—they're not doing it for competition. But the one girl on the right, man, she takes off, and she does the hurdles, and she's going. The one in the middle trips on a few of them and keeps going. The one on the left, I mean, the poor girl, she tripped on, like, every single hurdle she went across. And she'd go and clip the back foot and fall down on, on the hurdle. And the next one, she'd go, clip it, and fall down. And it... It was a mix between funny and it, you may feel bad for her. And I, I'm not sure which one I felt bad more or if it was more funny. But she kept tripping on them. And she, would, she made it through a couple and then she ran around one of them. But she kept going. I wanted to say, just quit. It doesn't matter. You're not winning anything. Maybe she had to do it. I don't know. But she kept going to the finish line no matter how many times she fell in her face. And it, it, just, got, it just got really bad. But we have a finish line. And you have those, they get to the finish line and they kind of start looking around and they think they've got it won and then someone passes them. But then you see others that no matter how close anyone is to them, they get to that finish line and they press forward. And they lean and they're going to try to break that finish line and cross that white line. And until until you're finished, you're not done. And Paul said, I press toward the mark. And this year, I want to encourage you about pressing toward the mark. It's not time to coast and back up and quit and get discouraged. It's time to press forward for the Lord. There's more ahead of us. We don't know what this year holds, which is a good thing, right? I don't want to know everything I'm going to face this year. I'd rather be surprised sometimes. That would be a good thing. Uh, But there's things we do know. But whatever it is that God has before you, press toward the mark. Run your race. You can't run it for anyone else but for yourself. You can encourage others. You can set direction for others, but run your race for the Lord. There's a race set before you personally. Run your race for God this year. Whatever God has put in your way, whatever God's direction is, follow that. And press toward the mark to the end of this year until God comes or takes you home.
0: Thank you for listening to the Preaching Podcast from Regency Baptist Church. We pray that God has used this message to stir your heart for the gospel's sake. To get information about our ministry or to get in contact with us, please visit us at regencybaptistchurch.org. If you were encouraged by this Bible message, share it with a friend, contact us, or tune in next time to the Regency Baptist Church Preaching Podcast.